And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. G'day from SA. This is Jim here for episode 195 of the World of Mythbits. And this time, coming to you from Wallaroo, little beachside town in South Australia, which is uh, all, all sorts of uh, distances from everywhere, I think. But it's a beautiful place. Um, close to Kadena, which has got some wonderful, amazing facilities. Uh, and yeah, our, uh, our little house in Wallaroo yeah, is a, uh, a quaint little place that um, the Law family are sharing with the crooks. I'm here with my brother-in-law, Ben. G'day, Tim. G'day. Nice, nice place you got here. Yeah, it's not half bad, not half bad. Um, uh, yeah, good fun, definitely. So we're here to talk for episode 195 of the World of Myth Bits, all about brotherhood and board games. But first, a little bit of housekeeping. So... From Dave, I've got a couple of things to mention. So from the top, he's just said, Zombie Works Unwelcome Stories of Possessions and Hauntings is now available at MythMart and on Amazon.com. Uh, that's just recently come out. Um, and I've actually got a story in that. I've got a story called, ah, um, is it The Saving of Thomas Gravel? It's like a um, possession exorcism style I reckon you'd like it, Pixie. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely. No, it's good. So it's like, why aren't we alley? Yeah, the whole book's full of, like, really cool, really creepy sort of stories about um, ghost possessions and demonic possessions and that sort of thing. Yeah, so it's very, yeah. very cool. So that's out now. Uh, available on MythMart and available on Amazon.com. And then number two, production over at Dark Myth, Myth, Dark Myth Comics will begin starting this week, and Dave wants to meet with his EIC, Henry Henrik, this week as well. So, Henry, if you're listening, make sure that you get in touch with Dave uh, about the production over at Dark Myth Comics. So it's going to be really cool to see some new stuff coming out from uh, from there. Um, when you jump on MythMart, you can see the amazing comics that they've got there already, the, um, the once-offs and the series and... That sort of thing is uh, is very, very cool, so it's worth a look. Uh, contracts for the first and second place winners of the Open Contracts Challenge for 2022 is expected to go out this week as well. So those lucky winners, make sure that you keep your eyes peeled on your email for that. Uh, number four, for Halloween only. So it's coming up, um, I reckon by the time this podcast goes live, we should be close on to Halloween, so uh, make sure that you check out MythMart for Halloween only. There's a special MythMart's offering a buy unwanted and get natural instant for 50% off, so that's pretty cool. Make sure that you enter BOO2022, so BOO2022, B-O-O-2022, 2022 at checkout for that discount. Then number five, Steph is expected to arrive in California on the 8th of November and will be meeting with fabricators to move forward on the Mythketeers Club. And I have no idea what the Mythketeers Club is. So Dave, if you can enlighten me, I can enlighten everybody else. Obviously, I've missed something in the other podcast, maybe Steph's podcast or Dave's podcast. Um, things have been in a, a bit, uh, a little bit busy with, uh, with work and life and getting ready for family holiday. So uh, I'm behind a bit in uh, in a couple of podcasts. Um, and uh, apologies for uh, any background noise that you might be picking up. Sharing a holiday house with two families of five can be uh, a little bit challenging at times. But um, speaking of, uh, of board games and brotherhood, we're actually currently... Uh, while we're recording, setting up for a board game tonight as well, a new one that I've never played before. So pretty excited about that, but more on that later. 
So still going with housekeeping on number six, the new author release. For oh, the new author release form, sorry, um, that David used uh, was used first for um, unwanted. So it's the first time that it's been uh, since being approved by the board of directors, and it went picture perfect with all the authors in the new Zombie Works anthology. And I personally can say, um, went like a dream. Like uh, I think we had a review of the um, the PDF that came through of the complete book uh, and then there were slight changes that needed to be made and then a second review uh, with a third possible but unnecessary and yeah each each time it was easier to sign um, so looking forward to fingers crossed more of my stories being accepted by Dark Myth Publishing uh, and the whole process of signing contracts and reviewing documents it's easy as pie. Uh, also, number seven, it was announced today that Alan Russo will be stepping down as Chief Business Officer. No word as to who will replace him. So I'm sure that Dark Myth Publishing will be looking for a new Chief Business Officer uh, sometime soon. Um, so if you know somebody that is, uh, is good with marketing, good with business, um, Make sure that you put their name forward to uh, to Dave or Steph or another member of the committee. Uh, being announced today, David K. Montoya will be formally stepping down as chairman of the board, chief executive officer and publisher of the company starting from December 31st. So David is uh, going through to the end of the year, uh, end of 2022, uh, and then the people who will be replacing him uh, Walter G. Esselman, who will become chairman of the board. Stephanie will become the new CEO. Uh, and Kevin Adams, um, myth maker himself, will be the new publisher. Gary Falls Jr. has been named to replace Steph as CFO, the chief financial officer, after her promotion. Uh, it's undetermined whether he will continue to head MythMart, but likely not. So Dave's got a lot on his plate at the moment. Uh, family and health need to come first. And it's great that he has the vision to actually make sure that the company is in good hands moving forward. Um, also, the last thing that he's got is don't forget to read and vote once for your favourite contributor to the magazine. And if you're really compelled if you can leave a comment as well. So make sure the October edition of World of Myth magazine is out now. Um, I think there's an edition number 112, I believe. Uh, make sure that you jump on there. I've got a few stories, a poem there. My daughter's got some art there. Um, I've started to look at uh, taking notes for the review episode, which will be coming up as the next episode, episode 196. So um, get excited for that. That's really cool. That's really good fun. And there's lots and lots and lots to review. And don't worry, David. Uh, I have re already remembered. I'm working backwards. And I have already remembered to review the reviews. So uh, I'm working through that. That was a section I missed last time. I did the September review. I got every. I got everything down. Got through the whole 25 stories, poems, artworks. Thought I was doing really well. And then... Um, Mr. David K. Montoya sent me back an email. Um, you missed reviewing the reviews. So. <laughs> That's ironic. That is ironic. So that was all good. So don't worry, Dave. I'm on the reviews already. Uh, working my way through there. A couple of good movie, movie reviews there as well. Um, uh, great, um, mention of podcasts and yeah, it's, um, poetry is amazing. Like going through the poetry, the, the artwork. There's like later Hipsy. I'll actually show you one. But oh, there's a really sick looking piece of art that, um, yeah, I just immediately thought, yes, that, that is super cool. That is, uh, not just Halloween, but that is just freaky any time of the year. Excellent. So Good yeah, pleasure. gonna, gonna have to show you that one, um, before we kick off with the game, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, and what else? 
So, oh, and finally, um, Dave told me that, uh, I forgot one, in November, I will be holding a joint meeting with the board of directors and the leadership board to talk about the future. So, uh, it's all, all good stuff, all cool stuff happening, so we've got to keep our eyes peeled, our ears uh, ready to, to hear the, this great news. There's a lot of cool stuff that's coming up. And then for Steph as well, Steph just wanted me to mention, uh, again, Unwelcome is coming out on Tuesday, and also Gabriella Balcom's new book is coming out on the 22nd of November. So, pretty excited about that. So that is called Down With The Sickness and Other Chilling Tales, which should be super, super cool. Gabrielle does some amazing stuff. She was the um, Open Contracts Challenge. No, sorry, that was Peggy. That's right, sorry. Um, and also a reminder that PCE has been cancelled uh, and that all live events for uh, Dark Myth Publishing have been closed but that there are some really, really cool things in the works. So we're going to stay tuned for that. Uh, so that's it for housekeeping. Now uh, to kick off with uh, episode 195, Brotherhood and Board Games. So Ben, you are my inspiration. You are my source of board games. So just tell the listeners, how many board games do you actually currently own? Uh, we're currently on unboxing my latest acquisition, Spirit Island, which I'm just currently... And it looks really cool. Very complicated. Just punched out a little cardboard pieces from the sprues and um, peeling off the, the cellophane from the decks of cards. And, oh, there's there's no smell like a new board game. Exactly. Exactly. Let me um, get a whiff. Here you go. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the ink in the cardboard. That's it. Uh, so this is this is board game number fifty nine in my collection. Nice. Um, so let's let's just clarify something. Mm-hmm. So this doesn't include expansions. No. So yeah. you've got board games, and then you bought the expansion for the board game. Yeah, a bit later on, you try to get your um, as much value as you can out of the base game, and then uh, when you think you've explored that board game fairly well, then you can go out and get the expansion and that adds extra content. Yep. Um, more challenges, uh, more story, more inspiration. Yes. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Because that's what I love most of all, is coming around to this man's house, playing a couple of games of, of a board game or a couple of board games or even some card games. Got some great, interesting card games. Um, uh, and then going home and it just dwells in my mind and it just grows and grows. It's like a planted seed that makes me think up the story. Might be a short story, might be um, like a, a 500 word or a 3000 word or uh, I would say my favorite one was based on the board game called Abomination. Yes. And Abomination is based on uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein but set 20 years after the events in her novel. Yes. Yep. Um, it's set in Paris. And you play the part of a, a scientist on the fringe of society. Um, and you've been approached by a mysterious hulking figure who puts you to the task of creating a bride. Yes. For yeah. Him. Yep. Um, and you set about uh, the streets of Paris collecting body parts and materials to build. Uh, each of the five body parts to put on your slab, and then there's uh, the, dark, then you, then the got, dark alleyway where you can murder people. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can you can visit the cemetery to dig up bodies. You can go to the, uh, the hospital uh, to collect cadavers. Um, and every now and again, there'll be an execution in the market in the square. That's fresh meat. And that's fresh meat. Yeah. <laughs> you get all the best quality materials there. Oh yes. Um, and then you have to spend more. Uh, more materials and blood to put skin on each of the body parts. Yes. And then you have to throw the switch at various parts of the game. You need lightning or you need... uh, To to uh, gather the lightning to uh, um, awaken the body parts. And then when you've got five body parts, all with skin, and they're all alive, then you win the game, count up points and to see who 
who wins the monsters competition. But at the same time, we've got um, it was Captain Wilson. I think it was the um, the, the captain from the original the, story. I think it was the captain from the original story. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, yep. he's hot on your trail. Yes. And if he completes his mission first, then you're all you've all been arrested and and game yeah. over. He knows everything's so, sus. So there's, there's yeah. a time fact to that game. Um, and then you came up with that uh, short story about um, from the point of view of one of the characters, um, but it's one step further. The bride has been built, yeah. and the pair of them have now requested your um, your services in creating another yes. addition to the family. It's, it's and that the child. Was, yeah, that yeah. was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Cool. No, I, uh, I did that for... Um, a, uh, another independent publishing company. They were looking for stories where you took uh, a well-known um, myth or legend or um, or uh, that that sort of that sort of thing, a, a well-known story from the past, uh, and you used the characters from that story as background minor characters, and so you had to come up with your own idea. For uh, for a story, and um, you could sort of hint at those uh, those well known characters and sort of introduce them on the on the fringe. Uh, I uh, I had good fun um, hinting at uh, the existence of Frankenstein's monster in this new location. Uh, the uh, Frankenstein's bride uh, I actually had predominantly as my uh, my main character that interacted with my protagonist. Uh, and through letter or diary, I actually was able to, uh, to tell that story. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that coming out, hopefully quite soon. Um, to make mention of that, that'll be in a, uh, an anthology called Penny Blood, which is pretty cool. It's, uh, sort of hints at, uh, Elizabethan horror and that's, uh, that's that kind of thing. Yeah. No, I, I like that one as well. Yeah, definitely. That, that was, uh, that was where uh, a game like Abomination really planted that seed, really put that in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I had a lot of fun with that, a lot of fun coming around to your joint to actually play a number of rounds uh, of that game. Yeah, no, good, good, fun game, which led to a really, really cool story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking, looking forward to round two. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, so... Just to uh, reiterate, so the, the 59 board games slash card games that you currently own are literally filling a library shelf in your house. Mm. And they're that, just the ones that um, I consider to be part of my collection. That doesn't include, that doesn't include the kids' board games, like, no. like you know, Monopoly and yeah. Connect 4 or, or anything like that. Or the wife's board games, like Game of Life. Or, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not standard, um, like, 52 pack, um, card games either. No, no. There's, um, Unstable Unicorns. Yes, uh, Exploding Kittens. Exploding Kittens. <laughs> Bloom is probably one of my favourites. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, definitely. So many others. Yeah. Little bit sick, little bit twisted. A little bit dark. Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, darker better. Um, so what are some of the companies that you look out for? Um, oh, that's a good question. Um, there's a, a company that, um, there's, there's a few companies out there and they all do a variety of games. Uh, but probably my favorite is the ones that Make the uh, Arkham Horror series. Yes, the the Cthulhu style. Yeah, yeah. based on H.P. Lovecraft's uh, cosmology. Because the, the first time you mentioned Arkham, I immediately thought Batman. That's what a lot of people do. Yeah, this yeah. is Arkham yep. Asylum in Gotham City. Yes, um, yep. but then you've also got Arkham the town in the the fictional town of Arkham in Massachusetts. Um, yes, and that that is the location for a lot of uh, Lovecraft yeah. Yeah. Yeah, stories, one of the few isn't it? Towns that are, yes, bit um, eerie, bit weird. Yeah, yeah, a definitely. Lot of, a lot of bad stuff happens. That Strange things. Yeah, and there's been many, many a story that sort of spawned from a uh, a game of um, 
Yes. House of Madness or Arkham Horror. Fantasy Flight Games is the name of the publishing company for yes. most, of, most of those games. Yep. But they all have a different, uh, different collection, an eclectic group of um, designers um, and game makers um, from, from all over the world. Yes. Yep. Um, another uh, common uh, addition to your board game collection is anything relating to Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, yes, well, as you know, Dungeons & Dragons is probably my passion. That's my jam. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, so just to uh, to sort of bring everyone up to speed, um, Ben and I actually went to the same high school together. We were at the same high school, Murraybridge High, from year 8 through to year 12, and then we did year 13. We, uh, for whatever reason, we chose to repeat year 12. Um and well, we didn't actually meet each other until year thirteen. 13. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So I'm sure I swear black and blue on the day that I came to high school uh as a year seven, uh just finished year seven, finding out about um collecting books and uh and that sort of thing. Um I swear the two <laughs> kids that were at the information table that I went to was that young girl um, that works for BWS. Can't remember her name. Probably should remember her name. And you. Oh, okay. I'm sure you had like a Peter Jackson novel or like game book or something. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Ian Livingston and Peter Jackson, um, the... Fighting fantasy, yeah, 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 adventure books. I'm sure that I saw. Hey, that looks interesting. As, as I, uh, I walked up at this table with my mum and dad, mm. and the two kids that were literally the same age as me said, "Oh, the library's that way," and that was basically the first and only interaction that we had for about five years. <laughs> I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I, I distinctly <laughs> remember uh, going up, and uh, I didn't even remember like recall when we met like we were one of what maybe eight students mm. in the home class during year 13 mm. i reckon and you happen to have i reckon a D D book was with it, you was it a D D book or it was uh, magic together in cards yeah 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 something something sort of attracted me to you and i went that's the sort of thing that i'm into and i i asked about it and i, I wanted to know yeah. what what's the deal What's it all about? And I reckon you ended up buying for me, and I paid you back, yeah. uh, an advanced Dungeons and Dragons monstrous manual. Oh, yeah. Because that was the only thing I was able to smuggle into the house uh-huh. of my very Christian uh, family, my very Christian mother. I was playing Might and Magic 2 on the Commodore 64 at the time, and my mother didn't want me playing it because of the spell Acid Rain. There was like a, a sorcerer who cast acid rain, and my mum went, no. That's a little bit apocalyptic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. She went, no. Um, Have you seen acid rain? Yeah. I've been on missions to various countries where acid rain wipes out crops. And I went, mum, it's just a spell. And she went, nope, you're banned. <laughs> so to, to stumble across this guy that um, is as into fantasy as much as, as I am, was just a, a pure stroke of luck. Mm. It was absolutely incredible. And then you introduced me to other people that were into D and D, and it sort of all went from there. Yeah, well, it started off for me as um, uh, just a couple of uh, a friend and his brother, um, and he called it Dungeons Dragons. And all it was was just some made up stories. Yeah, and you draw a map to illustrate the, the intent of the story. Yep. Um, and then they had these charts with a list of weapons and how much they cost. Um, and then after an adventure, and then you get paid by the mayor. Okay. And so, you know, you've got 50 gold pieces. Yeah. Now you can spend it on all the stuff that on this chart. And yeah, I cool. That, I just thought that was actually brilliant. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I'm just happily spending all this imaginary money. Yeah. On these imaginary cool weapons. weapons. Yeah. And the next adventure, I'm using these weapons. Yeah. Uh, in the next story. Um, That's very clever. And then I find out that there's actual books published with monsters and lists of weapons and yep. spells. Um, and the classes have rules, like the professions and the, you can be a wizard and you can be a, 
um, a fighter. Yeah. And they all have their different roles. And um, I thought it was interesting, the original Dungeons & Dragons, the basic Dungeons & Dragons rules, had the fighter, the wizard, and the elf. And the elf was like an archer yeah, type. I think there was like a dwarf as well. Oh, and a dwarf. Um, yeah, yeah. And that was that was the whole that was the whole character. You could, yes. be, you could be elf, or you could be a wizard. Yeah. Um, and then the next edition, second edition, which was called Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, had um, Thacko. Two hit armor class zero. Oh yeah, that was, that was not a brawl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. But then the um, they had uh, races and classes, so you could be an elf and a wizard. So yes. You could be an elf and wizard, or you could be an elf and fighter. Yeah. Um, and then Dungeons and Dragons has just flourished from there. We're up to fifth edition now. Fifth edition went for eight eight years. Would I think another edition? And there's another edition coming around the corner, except it's referred to as 1D&D, and it's not going to be an edition. This is the pinnacle yep. of the Dungeons & Dungeons & Dragons rule set. Um, so they've pretty much got it fairly well right with fifth, yep, haven't they? Pretty much, yeah. So now it's building that. Third, third was okay, and then they needed 3.5 to sort of iron out a few issues. Fourth, fourth, fourth was broken. That was, yeah, we don't talk about fourth. Yeah, we don't talk about, we don't talk about Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry to any Kevins. But fifth, fifth seemed to work well, seemed to find the balance. Yeah. And now Dungeons and Dragons has, um, it's had a few movies. Uh, it's had an animated series. Many, 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 many fan fiction books. Um, Dragons of War Twilight. Yes. Um, the Dragonlance series. Uh, there's just too there's, many. Too um, many like the R.A. Salvatore type stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's, oh, there's some um, amazing, amazing stuff out there if you're into Dungeons and Dragons. And of course, so with all your books and your movies, um, uh, board games have also come out. So there's, um, Dungeons and Dragons Cluedo. Uh, which is another fairly recent edition. Which you got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Got, yeah, that's, that's yep. interesting. Um, the Lords of Waterdeep. That's and, a cool and, game. And it's, and it's expansion. The, um, yeah. oh, Roads and covered off on, um, the Dungeons and Dragons Cluedo and Lords of Waterdeep. And what was the expansion? Scoundrels of Skullport. Yes. And Skullport is the docks region. Of the Docks District in oh, the Waterdeep. in Waterdeep City, yeah. Yes. Yep. That's so it's very cool how canon, like how they uh, they stick to um, what's known from the stories, what's oh, known yeah. from the the rule system, that world building. Yeah, that's very cool. Can't can't wait on, uh, until they uh, they do a uh, a Drizzt Doerden game. Oh, the, the Dark the Elf, Dark Elf, Dark Elf yeah. series. Yep. In a, in a board game, and uh, and working uh, the um, the whole idea of drow into mm. it, I think will be very cool. Well, one of the characters you can be, one of the lords, um, that you can actually play the role of in Lords of Waterdeep is a drow, which is a dark elf. Uh, I can't remember her name off the top of my heart. But her, her name? Her name? Yep. Yeah. So it's not Jarxel. No. 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 He's no, cool. Yeah, I like him. Awesome. Yeah, he's a very cool character. Um, there's now remind me. There's a um, is it house on the house on the hill? Betrayal. Betrayal. House on the hill. There's a D a Dungeons and Dragons version of Betrayal, isn't there? There is. Yes. Yeah. That is called. Um, oh, I don't actually have that one, so I'm going to have to Google it. But you've got Betrayal. Oh, haven't you? Yes, uh, Betrayal House on the Hill. Yes, yeah, and that's a good fun game as well. Oh, Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. Yeah, Baldur's yes. Gate is a very well-known city. Hey, we've got Bethany here, just jumping in. Not the anymore. The little artist with her uh, her image. What was it? Spirit of Halloween. I think it's called Ghost Ghost of Halloween in uh, the October edition. We called it the Spirit of the Pumpkin. That's right, the Spirit oh, of the Pumpkin. Yes, that's right. The spirit of the jack o' lantern, and it's uh, it's in this episode, uh, this edition of World of Myth magazine, uh, under 
Spirit of the Pumpkin, I reckon. Yeah, check it out if you can. It's, uh, it's no, kind of cool. I think it was called like the Ghost of Halloween or something. Yes, yeah. No, it's very cool. Something that we didn't call it, but... I love your artwork. Thank you. Just getting better and better with each image you do. Definitely. I'll have to commission you to do some more. Definitely. Well, have fun. You having a fun holiday? Yeah. Yeah, cool. We always love hanging out with the crooks. Definitely. We've got family of five and family of five, and when we get together, we always have fun. So what other Dungeons & Dragons themed board games do you own, Ben? Um, that's probably it off the top of my head, I think. Uh, Lords of Waterdeep and the Cluedo. Yes. Um, unfortunately, I don't have the trail at Baldur's Gate. No. Um, uh, we borrowed it from a friend, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. We, it's, uh, but we it's, spent... very, it, it's more of just a, a reskinning of the original game, yes. the trail at House on the Hill. So I, yeah, correct. I didn't really see the point. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I've got the legacy version, which is very different. Um, Betrayal, Betrayal Legacy. Betrayal Legacy. I don't know if we've tried that yet. No, no, we haven't. No. Um, okay. But that's. Because that game has permanency, um, we started playing it with um, another group. Yes. And it's kind of it's kind of the thing to finish the game with that original group. All the players play okay. the same. Play it through. Play the same characters through. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Um, and what does permanency mean? That is when certain things happen in the game, which will affect the game components in a permanent way. Uh, so you'll get sheets of stickers yep. um, and certain points in the game you'll be instructed by the rules to take a certain sticker and put it in the rule book and that will change the fundamental rules of the actual game. Yes. Um, I've had to tear up a couple of game components wow. because they are permanently and destroyed forever. Yeah, wow. Um, in, in Betrayal Legacy, uh, you play... Um, a member of a family. There's like five, five or six families. And when you start the game, you actually get to name the family, and then that, those families are in the game for like 12, 12, 12 consecutive games. And every time you play the game, is a different generation. It's a, a different. It's it? the next generation. Yes. Yeah, that's so cool. Oh, not no. It's the, oh. it's another family member. So oh, you can oh. play. You can play the same family member if they survive. If they okay. if that family member dies, then you play the next Ooh. the next family member, either, okay. either a relative yep. or, or whatever. Yeah, very um, cool. And you can do a thing where when you come across an item in the game, you can make it a family heirloom. And you okay. take you take a you take a, a sticker from the sheet, yep. from the heirloom sheet, and you take your, your family's crest sticker yep. and you stick it on the actual card item, the item's card. Yeah, wow. And so now in in later in, in later games, yep. if that item comes up again, and and that item has your your family's sticker on it, you get a special benefit from that item because it's your family's heirloom. Oh, cool! So okay. other characters can get it, but that's yeah, yeah. the special benefit. Um, so that is what permanency is, and um, lots of different games are now coming out with legacy versions. Okay, um, pandemic. There's a Pandemic coming. Legacy. Oh, there's, okay. there's like three or four of them. So, uh, ironically, uh, you found the game Pandemic, and we had a number of goes at it, and then COVID-19 occurred. Uh, I've had Pandemic for years before. And it was very uh, ironic COVID seeing COVID. what happened with COVID and how very similar to the game. There was some scary correlations. Yes, yeah. So yep. I think I think the people who created uh, Matt Leacock was the designer yes. of Pandemic, um, and then the expansions was Matt Leacock and another fella. So obviously they've done their research um, because all the roles that you can be from you know, the epidemiologist um, and the, you know, the scientist, um, the quarantine specialist, and all the other different types of experts that revolve around containing and researching um, diseases. Yes. Uh, they've, they've done their research. Not um, to mention, um, like, the, the city cards associated with the game and the approximation of population. 
as well. Yeah. Like, like that wouldn't be just somebody's knowledge off the top of their heads. No, they they would have looked it up. Um, yeah. And but those those figures would have been at the time that the game was first created. Yes. Oh, of course. The uh, population yeah. fluctuates. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but it just more, it more just, so in a pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the. It's probably a mainstay. It's one of the first games I bought. Um, and any any board game collector worth their salt will have that in their collection. Absolutely. Um, it's, uh, I wouldn't say fun to play, but it's, oh, it's, uh, it's, thrilling. it's thrilling to win. Um, and it, it's also thrilling to lose, and it's yeah. very easy to lose, but it is uh, a euphoric to win a game like that. And it's a quick enough game so that when you do lose... You are determined to play again until you do. Yeah. Win. Yep. Um, as as testimony from my wife because oh, she's losing, um, which is great for me because I get to play more board games. That's with true. Because that is we exactly lose true. most of the time. Yes, that is very true. Um, Although you've had a good run. Mm, yeah, but with with pandemic, we've played it enough, and then we've played it for years and years, and then and then this COVID thing hit, and we started playing it again more and more. Um, uh, and, and it also helps when you have lockdowns, statewide or yeah, uh, national lockdowns, yeah, yeah. where the government tells you you have to stay home. Mm. Uh, and when you're home and you've got a whole bunch of different board games, mm. what do you do to pass the time? You play board games. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Lots exactly. of them. Yeah. yeah, but there were some interesting correlations between what was happening in the real world to what was happening in our game at any, at any given point. Absolutely. Um, and you, you hear about all these outbreaks in... Um, Bogota. Bogota and the, places like that. Yeah. And these are the cities like, that are actually I know where that is. Yeah. in the game. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I think there was a... I can't remember where it was. Um, there was massive lockdowns in, I don't know, was it Tokyo or something like that. And, yes. Yeah. And, and the same day that we heard that, we played the game. And there was like outbreaks in the game in, in Tokyo, yeah, yeah, or, or yeah. Whatever, whatever city it was. I can't yeah. remember the exact city, but um, um, yeah, it was interesting to to see when you play when you play board games that have that reflect real life that aren't fantasy based, um, and then the events similar to that happen in real life. It could be it could be it just makes the game that more. Thrilling and exciting. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It suddenly makes frightening sense. <laughs> um, so, steering away from real life uh, and steering away from fantasy, the stuff like uh, Dungeons and Dragons and also the, the real dark stuff, like the um, Cthulhu games, um, also um, games like Abomination and, and that sort of thing. You also uh, like science fiction-y Type and steampunky type oh, games as man. well. Yeah, yeah, love. I love the sci-fi games. Um, like, and and the funny ones as well. Not just the serious um, hunt down the alien type games, but there's uh, Galaxy Trucker. Oh yes, yeah. That's that. That's I love that game. It's it's almost like a, if if Terry Pratchett had to write a science fiction novel. Yeah. Uh, this would be this would be yeah, right right yeah, up his alley yeah, yeah for sure for sure um, yeah my uh, one of my favourite authors of all time Sir Terry Pratchett mm. love uh, love his sense of humour love the way that he uh, he was able to poke fun at the real world uh, under the guise of fantasy and science yeah, fiction yeah. he had a couple of science fiction stories actually that he did write did he um, things like uh, only you can save mankind if not you who else that's oh, like for uh, for kids teenagers based on uh, an alien race communicating with kids through a computer game. Oh, okay. And the kids actually, when they were uh, attacking the aliens in the game, they were actually killing aliens in real life. Oh, And the okay. aliens actually went, hey, this is wiping out our society. How about you come and help? Or how about you stop this? And the kids were like, hey, where's this message coming from? And there was one kid in particular, the hero of the story, mm-hmm. that actually took it a bit further and actually found out these aliens are a real society and actually travelled to there and helped them out and that sort of thing, which was a real clever sort of idea. Ah, very cool. Um, He also did a series for kids, uh, Truckers, Diggers and Wings. Yeah. yeah, About the gnomes. Yeah, the gnomes in um, 
the like John Martin's the gnomes in the um, the the big corporation store where uh, the store's closing down and everything must go and they're like well that must mean us it's prophesied signs are everywhere everything must go and so yeah that's pretty cool that series as well um, yeah he's done a, a few um, different science fiction ones but you're right that galaxy truckers would ve- we would be very very practical yeah um, the yeah sending sending out um, a, a affordable housing supplies building supplies to the um, the fringe the fringe of space oh, yeah the periphery um, but instead of paying for these huge cargo vessels to ship across space why not uh, build the vessels out of the, the stuff that you're transporting out of the um, yeah yeah the budget the budget yeah. um, housing materials um, yeah very zany um, but, but a lot of fun yes yep so galaxy truckers um, yeah, so basically a, a, a tile-flipping game where you have your outline of your spaceship um, and all the tiles in the middle of the table face down um, and you just, um, in real time, just as quickly as you can, one tile at a time, flip it over yes. and try to fit it and, you can... and connect them together. You've got all these different different connector sizes um, at the edge of each tile to make sure you get a, 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 everything's connected up. You get your, your weapons and your shields and your engines all pointing in the right direction you've got your cargo bays and stuff like that and then once all the players have haphazardly built the best ship that they can yep then then you uh, go on an adventure you go on an adventure you yep. flip over these adventure cards and um you come across you know pirates and planets that you can land on to fill up your cargo bays and, uh, you drop stuff off you pick stuff up and uh, you come across you know, meteor showers um, and asteroids, um, war zones, and your ship is getting hit from left, left, right, from the front and the back, and get your lasers. Right and, and yeah, sometimes you'll get sections um, where half your ship is held on by one piece, and then that one piece gets hit by a meteorite, and, you lose and then you lose half, half your ship, ship and goes yeah. floating off into space, and you lose all that cargo. Yeah. And a few um, spacemen. If you're lucky yep. enough to, to limp all the way across space with at least one cargo bay with something in it, yep. then you use a dawn pretty good. But um, yeah, that can be a pretty hilarious game. That, um, that has actually inspired a story uh, for another um, independent company uh, that does children's stories. Um, that and a holiday that I've spent with your kids and my kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told you about that, I reckon. A uh, story that I've written about Amy's Ark. Oh, that's right. About this great big juggernaut of a ship. Ooh. That was based on uh, Galaxy Truckers. Oh, building like haphazardly and then all these <laughs> droids on board. That's mm. helping this little girl basically fly through the galaxy, yeah. sending medical supplies out to the fringe. Um, yeah, that's uh, that was good fun to write, yes. actually. Very cool. I can't wait for that to come out. I reckon your daughter... Uh, Miss Tilly will love that immensely, and hopefully all the other kids will as well. But what other what other board games of mine has, has inspired stories from you? Um, so I've, I'm thinking of um, things like well, games that I need to play again. I reckon are things like Cog. Ah, uh, Cog. Yes, they're C O G. Yeah, the, the Cabinet of Gadgetry. That's like a me a meeple style. Steampunky. Yeah, yeah. It's a work, work and placement game. Um, the idea is that the Queen um, is running a competition, the Queen of England. Yes. Um, and you are basically building um, you know, the, the grandest gadget for the Queen's competition, I think. Yes. This is the storyline yep. from memory. Um, and... There's a there's a there's a, a slight um, Scrabble element to it. Oh yes, with the, yep. uh, you have these basically a set of tiles with words uh, that are names of parts of the machine. So you've got cold wire, screw, oil. That's right, uh, and you've got a- and that sort of thing. And and so you've got this panel uh, with the grid, just like Scrabble. And then you got the word, the tiles, the letter tiles, which you can earn and draw randomly from the bag. Um, you got to place your workers on the on the central board to sort of earn these 
the um, the right letters at the right time yep. to, to create these words, um, which are parts of the machine. Um, there's a lot of blocking and trying to steal words because you can see what other people are, are trying, what words they're trying to make. So they've almost got a part. So, so you've you got can, to try and yeah. stop them from getting that, or if trying you, to get your own if part. If you're doing, if you're doing, if you're not doing well in the game, yeah, you can at least block other people and ruin their game, ruin their, um, yeah, yeah. Yep. sabotage their game, yeah, um, as well. Uh, yeah, cog's good as well. Um, oh, terraforming Mars. Yes, oh, that's that's produced a couple of interesting story wow. ideas of mine that for is, sure. That is a that is an in depth, complicated, meaty game. Yes, yeah. Um, uh, based on based on scientific fact, like they've they've done their research. Oh, brilliant, absolutely yeah. brilliant. So um, the the possibilities yeah. of what you what you can do. Uh, and how you can change the atmosphere on the red planet, yeah. uh, the living conditions. Uh, it's yeah. oh, it's so they, they a lot know, of thoughts gone into that one. They know um, the uh, what do you call it? The, um, the oxygen saturation. Yeah, the oxygen for saturation. Or, for the the liquid water coverage required, like the percentage required for a. Uh, a planet to become stable and flourish. How much greenery? Um, and how much greenery there is to stabilize the oxygen in the atmosphere. Uh, so there's those three parameters. There's oxygen, water, and green green foliage. Yes. Yep. And the object of the game is to get those three parameters up to a certain point, and that will end the game. And then whoever, whoever has contributed most to those three factors is the, is the corporation that has... Been the most successful in Terraforming Mars. Uh, so yeah, you each play a different corporation, and the game runs. Each round of the game represents a whole generation of yes. That, of, that one is gener- that one is generational. Yeah, it's generational. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's quite a cool game. So that's, that's actually cool um, that's spawned a story that I did for our. Reedsy, and I think hopefully I can sort of rewrite and rejig and and uh, and recreate that uh, that magic. Um, but yeah, that was great to sort of come up with the idea of the mayor of Mars, the first person to sort of go up there because of all of the um, the ways that his family generations before have actually helped to create. Um, the sacrifices, the the blood, the sweat, the tears, and then he's actually been lucky enough to be selected uh, as that first mayor, and he's the uh, the marketing man, he's the promoter that's actually saying, "Hey, come up to this new planet, this new Earth, this planet B." Um, and yeah, that's all sort of come from family efforts and uh, and that sort of thing. That was really cool. So I'm hoping that. Um, Eventually, down the track, I'll find a way to uh, to rewrite that uh, and find somewhere to uh, to publish that story, be able to share that story a bit more than uh, than on the site that it's currently on. Uh, and then there was another story that I wrote for uh, for a friend, Stephen Lester Carr. Um, I was hoping that he want to publish a story that I wrote, uh, one called "A Letter to Her Boys." I reckon is a story about. A person that's on Mars and is um, creating that planet B, uh, and has written home to Earth to tell his wife, "Hey, yes, I've been away for a long, long time, but I'm creating a brand new life up here for you and for our two boys, and we're ready to go. Pack your bags, come on up." Uh, and it's how she feels, uh, and that. So that sort of emotional tug to Earth and whether she wants to leave for, for Mars and the great unknown and that sort of thing. So they're, yeah, two, two cool, very cool stories that I'm very proud of that have sort of spawned out of that game and playing that game a couple of times with you. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. And you don't always win. Like, it's, it's one of those games where you think you're ahead and then suddenly there's a few things, a few mechanics that uh, that can flip the table um, very, very quickly. Mm, yes. Um, yeah. No, it is, it's a very cool, very tactical game. Um, probably another uh, space one. On, I know you've got HeroQuest, 
that's where a lot of your uh, little figurines have come for uh, Dungeons and Dragons. That's the medieval uh, fantasy version. But then there's uh, Space Crusade. Yes. Um, yeah. That's uh, if anybody is familiar with the Warhammer Forty Thousand form of game, the 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 landscape, the tabletop war gaming. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Space Crusade is like a uh, a watered down. Uh, or stripped down board game version of of Warhammer 40k. And okay. I, I believe it's actually one of the first, like it came first before Warhammer 40k yeah, cool. tabletop gaming. Okay. Um, because it's got the Marines and the um, monsters all were from the same universe. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Space Crusade is good. It's just you control a team of Marines, very much like the Aliens movies. Yeah. Cool. Um, and you land on a derelict vessel floating in space, and and you end up fighting these like like undead androids, like skeletal Terminator type androids, nice. um, which are like I guess futuristic skeletons. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, very cool. And that's pretty awesome. There's and then you come across the dreadnought, which is a little bit like the um, uh, the big guy from the Robocop. Oh, cool. The, okay. The biped. Yeah, yeah. Uh, law enforcement. Thing. They got one of those in Space Crusade. Yeah, cool. That's hard to beat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so many more board games. I reckon we could go another episode, I'm sure. But uh, anytime, right now, anytime. We're, uh, we're running out of time tonight to uh, sink our teeth into Spirit Island. I'm looking forward to find out what kind of story will, will be birthed from the... The black sludge of the blight that spreads across the land as the invaders. Absolutely. The plastic invaders try to uh, take out all the wooden, the wooden huts. Yeah, definitely. But hopefully, us, us too, as the spirits, will guide the inhabitants of the island to push back the invaders and save nature. Here's to it. Here's to it. Let's try it. Hoo ha. Hoo ha. All right, signing off. This is Tim and Ben saying, catch you later from Wallaroo in SA. Thanks for listening.